Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It's Friday, January 12th. And let me just give a shout out to all the folks who patiently bore with us yesterday as we were figuring out our technical difficulties. And I think other than being a little out of focus, which is kind of generally my state of mind anyway, uh, that we were all good. You all reported that we were live and you heard the audio. You unfortunately saw the video. And so thanks for bearing with us. But we are Friday, of course, our last day of our devotionals. And we're wrapping up our study of this passage in Matthew 14 and 15. And we've looked at a number of different aspects of this particular interaction. And just to kind of briefly get us back up to speed, um, Jesus has just fed the 5,000 and the response of the people versus the response of the religious leaders could not be more different, right? The people are flocking to Jesus, wanting them to heal him, I mean, wanting him to heal them. They're, they're just wanting to touch his robe and receive his, his miraculous healing. While here are the Pharisees, every party has a pooper, that's why we invited the Pharisees. They are more concerned about the ritual impurities, so-called, that the disciples are guilty of. They have not been washing their hands before they eat. And so Jesus has used this opportunity, as Jesus does, because he's Jesus, um, to talk to us about the proper and the improper place of tradition. He's talked to us about defilement and what is it that really defiles a person versus what doesn't defile a person, what makes them impure, uh, what makes them unclean. And that's kind of where we've been. I'm not going to rehash all of those. You can go back and listen to them. But really, we come to the, the apex of this, of this study in this passage with, with rather an obvious question, right? With, 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 with a pretty clear um, you know, you know, question about what happens next. Or we hear this about tradition. We hear this about the impurity of the heart. But Pastor Paul, what are we to do about it? What, what, what does this mean for our spiritual lives? And that's where we want to land the airplane um, this Friday morning. So let me read the passage for us, and then we will dig in. So this is Matthew 14, beginning at verse 34. And when they had crossed over, they came to land at Gesenaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all that region and brought to him all who were sick and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. The Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. And he answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honor your father and your mother. And whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what, ha what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God, you hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, the people, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the people to him and said to them, hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? 
He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said, Explain the parable to us. And he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. So we're really at the end of this passage with, with, with somewhat of a dilemma, right? What, what Jesus has made clear to us here is that the biggest um, problem that humanity faces and that we face as human beings are not those problems that are external, that have external solutions, okay? Um, they're the problems that are internal, the, the problems of the heart, because it's out of the heart that proceeds all of the sorts of things that we would observe in life and say that those are wrong, things like murder and adultery and injustice and um, um, slavery and imprisonment or abuse, um, racism. I mean, we can go on and on and on and on, genocide. All of these things um, can't be remedied simply by putting in laws or restrictions, although those are important. Ultimately, they have, there, there has to be an inner transformation that has to happen. There has to be a, a inward um, spiritual transaction that happens in the heart, okay? And so, so I think there's two aspects to this that we, that we want to end this week on. And the first is to take Jesus's warning here about distancing ourselves from do-it-yourself religion or being a, being a self-made man or woman when he gives this warning, okay? They, the disciples in verse 12, do you know what the Pharise, that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? And he, re, he, re, he answered, let them alone. Now, now, that doesn't mean simply like, let them, let them be them. That, that's not what this means. When he says, let them alone, he means pay them no mind. Give them no credibility. Give them no platform. Give them no standing in your life, okay? Don't let them be an authoritative voice for you. He calls them what? Blind guides. And if the blind are trying to lead the blind, then both the blind and the un and the both of them are going to wind up in the pit, right? He says, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be rooted up. In other words, my father has not planted them. They don't have sturdy roots. Ignore them, disavow them, keep your distance from them, give them no credence um, because their theology leads to death, okay? So this is a warning to us, right? Don't fill our hearts with man-made do-it-yourself religion. Don't, um, don't gravitate towards viewing obedience and good works as the things which make us right with God. Obedience and good works are the things that flow out of our life because we have been made right with God. 
And, and that which brings us to our second point. How are we made right with God? How does a sinner's heart become um, uncontaminated, right? Well, of course, when we read the whole story of Matthew, Matthew's gospel, we, we know how that happens. That happens by Jesus being a substitute. That happens by Jesus laying down his life as a sacrifice for sins. And that as we're trusting in him, he is in turn appropriating the spirit in our hearts. And that when the spirit begins to be activated in our hearts, then we begin to get at the root of our sin, right? Where we're not just sort of um, messing around with the outward externalities, trying to, be, trying to modify our, be, our behavior, we're actually bringing our hearts to God and asking him to reconstruct them, to rewire them, to, to, to reorient our basic uh, predispositions towards pride and selfishness and envy, Re really getting below the surface. This is how spiritual change happens, right? And the, the way that Jesus secured this sort of spiritual transaction for us by being a sacrifice for us is that he fulfilled these two, the two aspects of this passage which went unfulfilled by the Pharisees. Number one, he was the fulfillment of all biblical tradition. And here's what I mean by that. Tradition is not a bad thing if it's a tradition given by God. Well, in a sense, the gospel was a tradition um, a, a message, a story passed down from generation to generation. It was to be given to God's people all throughout the generations to culminate in Christ. Well, mankind did that imperfectly. God's people did that imperfectly. The religious leaders did that imperfectly. But Jesus says, what you've done imperfectly, I've done perfectly. I'm the fulfillment of all of that tradition. I'm the one that's come to be a faithful representative of God's promises. And how has he done that? It's, he's done this because he has become defiled for the defiled. He who was undefiled, Jesus, the pure spotless lamb, became defiled to make us undefiled. Luther calls this the great exchange, right? 2 Corinthians 5. He who knew no sin, Jesus, undefiled, he who knew no sin became sin, became defiled, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Do you see how that works? Jesus takes on our defilement, we take on his righteousness. Jesus, who's undefiled, becomes defiled for us. He stands in our place. God judges our sin as it's been imputed to Jesus. And now God judges us based upon Jesus's righteousness imputed to us. This is, this is an amazing thing, right? Um, what, what, the, what Jesus's death on the cross literally achieved was taking on the defilement that we deserved upon himself so that we can now stand before God with a clear conscience. We can now stand before for God with a conscience sprinkled uh, clean by the blood of the Lamb. What an amazing, astounding thing Jesus has done to fulfill this passage. 
All right, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Hope you're with us Sunday as we actually um, preach this passage together for the church. And we'll be back here on Monday looking at the faith of the Canaanite woman. Let's pray. Lord, um, what an amazing um, truth this is, this great exchange of the gospel. Thank you, Lord, that we, the defiled, have become purified, cleansed by virtue of the fact that you have become defiled for us. Let that be our motivation, our heart, uh, be what changes us from the inside out. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you on Monday.